And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry man. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to You Bet Your Life, starring Groucho Marx, and then it's radio's top mystery series, The Whistler. Let's tune in to the conclusion now of You Bet Your Life. Groucho, I'd like to introduce Mrs. Bertha Gottlieb, well, Mr. Robert Maxwell. I'll do it right now. Would you come in, folks, and meet Groucho Marx? Welcome to your Bet Your Life. Say the secret word, and you each get an extra $50. It's a common word, something you always have with you. <laughs> Mrs. Bertha Gottlieb and Bob Maxwell, eh? Which one is Bob? Me. Okay, I'm just checking. We do a lot of checking around there. Now, Bertha, I can see you, so I'll start with you. Uh, <laughs> Where are you from? From Kasha, Hungary. Kasha, Hungary? Yes, sir. Oh. I'd be 14 years old when I came out to this country. Oh. Well, how long have you been married, Bertha? I'm married 40 years. Where did you meet the lucky Mr. Gottlieb? I met Mr. Gottlieb in the New York subway. Well, that's a very romantic place to meet a maid. <laughs> but what happened in this tunnel of love? Well, my husband came in and asked me to let, to let him know where Times Square was. He was a stranger in town. He was... And, oh, you weren't married yet, huh? No. Well, when did you see him the next time? I heard from him six months later from California. Now, wait a minute. You gave him directions to get to Times Square? <laughs> and he wound up in California? No, I gave him directions Why to Why didn't you write it down for him? <laughs> I wrote him down my name and address. He came back nine years later to marry me. Well, it takes a long time in the subway, you know. And let's see, your name is General Grant? No, I'm Bob Maxwell. Bob Maxwell. With those whiskers, I thought maybe we had revived General Grant, resurrected him or something. Now, what do you do for a living? Do you specialize in anything besides growing that hair? Well, I do a little bit of everything, Groucho. Uh, well, be more specific. You haven't done everything. You haven't shaved yet. <laughs> By nature, I guess you'd say I'm an inventor. Well, what have you invented? Give us a sample invention or a simple invention. Hmm. Well, a few years ago, I worked on one quite a while. It was a uh, boundary layer control device for heliocopters. Well, there's a big demand for that. I... <laughs> I'm glad you finally got around to it. Eh? Well, how does this mousetrap work that you built? Well, it's... Could you of... explain it to uh, Bertha over here? I don't know. <laughs> well, you certainly couldn't explain it to me. Try it on Bertha, huh? Well, it's a little complicated. Uh, I suppose you think the subway is simple, huh? <laughs> well, you would think that when air, at moving at several hundred miles an hour, blows over a wing or any surface, it would follow it very closely. At least blow the dust off of it. But it doesn't. 
sounds funny, but it doesn't. What happens is that the air stagnates along the surface. And so that It's not the... doing very well here, either. Uh, Mrs. Gottlieb, when we left you, you were happily married, and your husband was in the subway trying to grope his way through to California. Now then, uh, do you have any hobbies? Yes, I have a dog. You have a dog? Yeah. I thought a hobby was a horse. Was a hobby. He's a dog. A dog? Well, what kind of a dog is he? Is he a smart the, dog? The most talented world, dog in the whole world. Is that so? Yes. Can he invent a boundary layer control principle for a helicopter? No. He isn't that smart, huh? No. What, what can he do? He can add, subtract, multiply, and divide. He can add, subtract, multiply, and divide. And divide. Would you like to see him? I will bring him in. You've got him with you? Yes, he's right in the back. Do you travel by dog as a rule? <laughs> yes, bring this mud out and let's look at it. <laughs> well, let's see him perform, boys. I give him a tough question in physics. Ask him how much two and two is. How much is two and two? How much is two and two? <laughs> Come out here a minute. Come out here. I want to see you. Come out here. You notice that this dog added that up there without using a pencil? You know what's going to happen, don't you? You're going to wind up fetching my slippers, and he's going to wind up doing the commercials. Could he fetch the newspaper for you in the morning? Yes, he goes out, but he never brings it back. I can understand that. By the time he's through working the crossword puzzle and reading the stock reports, he's forgotten what you sent him out there for. <laughs> well, you're an unusual couple, and I'd like to go on talking to you, but it's time to play You Bet Your Life. United States Geography, I'll ask you some questions. If you miss two in a row, you're out. If you get four in a row right, you win $1,000. You ready? All right, the Rio Grande empties into what body of water? Oh, that's an easy one. That's seven. Uh, Gulf of Mexico. Uh, Gulf of Mexico is right. One right. What Canadian province is directly north of Washington State? Um. British Columbia. Right, British Columbia is right. Two right, two more right, you'll have $1,000. In uh, what city is the loop? L-O-O-P. Oh. Uh, that's an idiot. Chicago. Chicago. Chicago, that title in town. One more right and you'll have your thousand dollars. What is the smallest state? Uh, oh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island, that title in town. And you got four in a row right, so you win one thousand dollars. Now, you want $1,000. You can keep it and quit, or else you can come back later and try to double your money. You may even get a chance at $10,000. Now, go over and sit down and talk it over with the dog. <laughs> you bet your life. We'll find out if any of our contestants will try for $10,000 in just a moment. Attention all you paid-up members of the Bandstand Club. This is Bird Parks inviting you to a real happy clam bake Wednesday, August 13th on the next Bandstand Jazz Show. What music, eh, Skitch Hennison? Right, Bird Parks? We'll have the fabulous jazz pianist Mr. Earl Garner in person with his swinging group, plus our own all-stars, plus 
Bandstand's own discovery jazz singer, Dee Lawson. We also have that eminent jazz critic, Arnold Dizzy Stang. Hey, watch your language, Plunky. Yeah, I'll be commentating on all the jazzy royalty I know. Count Basie, Duke Ellington, King of Swing, Goodman, Prince Valiant. It's all on the Bandstand Jazz Show. It's 60 kicks a second on the Bandstand Jazz Show, Wednesday, August 13, on your NBC station. Well, here's the story on the big question, Groucho. The lady with the dog, Mrs. Gottlieb and her partner, have decided to leave with their $1,000 intact. Now, our second couple, Mrs. Stromberg and Mr. Harmelink, are going to risk half their earnings on a chance at $10,000. And here they are. Well, Clarence, here we are again. You've decided to go for the big question. Remember, if you miss it, you wind up together with $500. You pick a number, and you spin the wheel. And if this number comes up and your question, you answer correctly... You can win $10,000 between you. What number? Number uh, seven. Seven? Now you turn the wheel. Give it a good spin. number was seven, and you landed on seven, so the question is worth $10,000 if you win, and it's worth $500 if you lose. Here we go. In the War of 1812, an American naval hero, mortally wounded, gave a command that is now a familiar phrase in our language. Don't give up the ship. Tell me who is this naval hero. Talk it over. What's the answer you two have decided upon? Well, I, uh, we're going to take a guess at it, Groucho. I'm going to say Dewey. Oh, it was James Lawrence. I'm sorry you missed it, but you wind up with $500, so that isn't so bad. Congratulations, and thanks for being with us. of Groucho is transcribed in Hollywood, produced by John Goodell, directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith, music by Jack Meekin. This is George Fenneman reminding you to tune in again next week, same time, same station, for Groucho Marx in The Best of Groucho. The Best of Groucho is heard by our armed forces around the world. NBC Radio puts the world at your fingertips with news on the hour all day, every day, over most of these same stations. Let's take a break, and then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. By my side, as always, my co-host, Lisa Wolf, who is uh, becoming an expert on these classic radio shows after, what, 100 years we've been doing this well, together? Well, being by your side, I don't know if I yeah. have any other op- options right. other than to you know, rise to the occasion. Is there a song? 
with you by my side. I think I, nah, we should write a song. Know, maybe you should sing it and yeah, see how it see. goes. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been singing a lot of songs lately. Stand by me. That's Stand, close yeah, to by my right. side. Yeah. There's a lot of because I'm by thinking me. of changing my career to to a singer. Yeah. Oh. Because um, I'm so you know so You're proficient. So good. At singing. That would be great. Yeah, that's one thing that I cannot do, man. I can't sing. I wish I could though. I wish you could too. Yeah. But you know what? What I can do? Yes. I can introduce the Whistler. Great. The Whistler came to radio in 1942. He was an all-knowing character who narrated a person's criminal acts for the benefit of the listener. The criminal's fate would be ultimately undone either by an overlooked but important detail or by their own negligence. Ironic twist endings were a key feature of each episode. The Whistler often commented directly upon the action and often taunted the criminal from an omniscient perspective. Great actors were in this show, Lisa. No stars, really, except for maybe Jack Webb occasionally. But you had radio's greatest supporting actors, William Conrad, Gerald Moore, Elliot Lewis, Lorraine Tuttle. These were the actors that brought us The Whistler every week. It was sponsored by Signal Oil, and uh, it ran until 1955. So long run, 1942 to 1955. Here's an episode now from July 9, 1945. It's called Highway of Escape, and it stars Lorraine Tuttle. This is a great episode now of The Whistler. Signal gasoline. Let every traffic signal remind you, you do go farther with signal gasoline. Yes, you do go farther with signal. The Signal Oil Company and your neighborhood signal dealer bring you another curious story by The Whistler. Tonight... Highway of Escape. I am the Whistler, and I know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the heart of men and women who have stepped into the shadows... Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. Frances Block was never meant for the desert, but fate put her there. Set her down solidly in the center of an expanse of creosote brush and Joshua trees, cactus and hot, dry sand. In a scrubby little group of nondescript shacks, huddled in the shade of a few scraggly umbrella trees. Known to the truck drivers passing through on Highway 441 as the Duncan Wells Tourist Camp. Just Francis and Pete Crawford, her stepfather. For her, it was a prison. For him, it was a living and the only one he knew. It was on a particularly hot day in July that she decided she couldn't stand it any longer... On a Sunday morning when the temperature stood at 90 degrees at 8 o'clock. And Francis knew there was always more money than usual in the cash register on Sunday morning. 5, 10, 11.50, 12.25, 50, 85, 12.85. Oh. Morning. Oh, uh, hello. You open for business? Uh, not yet. Kind of early. Hmm, not even gasoline? The pump's locked. Hmm. How far is the next town? 17 miles. Saguaro. Okay, I can make it, I guess. 
Thanks a lot. You better get going. Um, just a second. Yeah? You, uh, going through to... I mean, uh... Los Angeles, yeah. Do there by noon. Can you take me? Huh? I've got to get out of here this morning. Right now. Oh, come on. You could take me if you wanted to, couldn't you? No, I'd like to, but... Oh, please. Look, I'll give you five dollars. Sorry, sister, but it's company rules. No riders. I'd lose my job. Oh, they'll never know. Look, mister, you don't know what it means. It's life and death. Yeah? Yeah, it's life and death. Death if I stay here in this... this... this prison. I can't take it any longer, you see? You've got to take me away. You've got to. Hey, what's the matter? You sick or something? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sick. Look, look, I'll make it ten dollars. Ten dollars to Los Angeles. Yeah, but... That leaves me only, uh, two eighty-five. My bag's right there. It's all packed. I won't tell the company. They'll never hey. know. See? Just you and me will know, and I'll get off in Los Angeles. Well, for ten bucks, you can take the train. Oh, no, there's no trains here. Just trucks. Guys like you. There's a train from the next town, ain't there? Yeah. Yeah, how about that? You can take me to the next town. That's all. Just from the next town. Well, uh, I don't know. I could... Morning, Francis. Oh, there's a little lady here uh, wants to ride into town with me. Sorry, mister. She's made a mistake. I have not. I'm going, you hear? No, Francis. You're not going. You can't stop me, Pete. You can't stop me. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Well, uh, look, uh, mister, maybe uh, maybe you two better talk this over. I, I just thought I'd run into so wild, but... Uh... She gets this away ever so often. She'll get over it. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see you on the way back, maybe. Yeah. So long. Oh. You did it again, you filthy... No, 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 there, Francis. I know how you feel, gal. This ain't no place for a young filly like you. But can't you see? There ain't nothing else I can do. Ever since your ma died, you I... You killed her. That's what you did. Francis, that's an awful thing to say. Just the same as if you shot her with a gun. Bringing her out to this godforsaken hole. Making her work when it was so hot she couldn't breathe. Well, you're not doing it to me, do you hear? Now, wait a minute. You ain't talking to me like that. Oh, no. Well, listen, you dirty desert rat. I've had all of you I'm going to take, and I'm getting out of here today. This morning. In five minutes if a car comes. You're still my stepdaughter, Francis. Until you're 21, I'm afraid I'm doing the deciding. Oh, now, come on. You just trot on back to the cabin and lay down for a while. You'll feel better in no time. Get away from me. You'll understand about your ma someday. I know this place ain't much of a spread, but it was ours, and we built it together. Come on. I said get away from me. Please, Francis, just this once. For me. All right, Pete. Wait a minute now. Put that knife down, Francis. You ain't in no condition to... All right. You ask for it. Francis. It's over and you're free now. You stare at him for a moment as he lies there on the floor in the middle of the small lunchroom, very still. For the first time in your life, you notice he has a kind face, a peaceful face. No look of fear on it. Just peace, deep, enduring peace. 
Yes, you're free now. You can leave any time you want to. Today, this morning, the next five minutes, if a car comes. You jump as a car pulls up out in front. Quickly, Francis. Move the body behind the counter before the driver comes in. That's it. Now, take it easy. Just relax. He mustn't know. Hi, beautiful. How about a cup of java? Hey, what's the matter? Oh, nothing. Uh, coffee isn't made yet. Uh, a cigarette? It's scarce these days. Uh, no. Well? What? Are you going to make it or shall I? Make what? A coffee. Say, are you sure nothing's the matter? Okay, something doesn't matter. I'm, I'm scared of my stepfather. Huh? He, he's horrible. I live here alone with him. I can't stand it anymore. That's too bad. Oh, please. Please take me with you to Saguaro anyway. I won't be any trouble. Oh, no. Now, wait a minute. Hold everything. Now, now, take it easy. Where is your stepfather? He's, he's asleep in his cabin. He's drunk. You wake up. Yeah, I, I, I see. Yeah. You, um, you got any money? Twelve dollars. But I can work once I get to a big town. Well, I don't know. Oh, please. Please. I've been driving all night. I was going to grab a little shut eye here for a no, few I hours. No, I gotta go now. He, he might wake up and he might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, come on. And that's the first portion of The Whistler from July 9, 1945, Highway of Escape. We'll get back to that in just a few minutes, so stick around here on Hollywood 360. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. All right, let's get back now to The Whistler. You know, after what you told me about that stepfather of yours, I got half a mind to go back and punch him in his nose. He's got no hold on you. Who does he think he is? Hey, listen. Let's do his thing right. Go back there and tell him right off. No, we can't. I'd like to anyway. I suppose it wouldn't do any good, only make trouble for you. Beats me, though, how any man can treat a gal as nice as you like that. You, uh, you are pretty, you know. Thanks. Hal. My name's Hal. All right, Hal. What's yours? Francis. Oh, Francis, huh? Nice name. Uh, you hear that? What? The motor. Betsy doesn't like this heat any more than we do. How far are you going, Francis? Los Angeles. Yeah, it's a nice town. And we could have a lot of fun there. We? Yeah, hey, you and me. I, um, wasn't going that far. You but... might change your mind, huh? I don't know, maybe. Los Angeles is a nice town, isn't it? Come on over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there, that's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Los Angeles is a great place. You know, I can get a couple of days off and... Uh-oh. What's that? Betsy needs it this time. Hey, what was it, uh, 17 miles of Saguaro from that camp? Yeah, but... Uh, we've come five. She wanted to go back. 
I got to get to a phone. Oh, no. No, now, you look, can't. Francis, don't worry about him. I'll be ready for him. No, but I can't go back. I'll, I'll walk. Now, you do nothing of the kind. Look, baby, all you need is someone to take care of you. And from now on, I'm the guy. You can't. Oh, why can't I? Let me out. Told you to let me out. I don't want you to handle it. Stop the car. Stop it. Get hold of yourself, baby. Don't you trust me? No. I mean, yes, but... What about Los Angeles, John? Forget it's night. not you, I said. It's not you. Just don't ask me anymore. Stop the car. That's all I want to know. Just sit tight and let me handle everything. <laughs> well, we made it. Now, where's the phone? On the wall by the door. Uh-huh. Well, what you gonna do, sit there? Yeah, I'll wait. I'll be sure you do. What do you mean? Eh, nothing. I guess I got the jumps, too. And don't worry about him. If he comes out, just let out a yell, and I'll be here in a second. Smile. <laughs> yeah, that's better. <laughs> you know, baby, I kind of like you. Keep that chin up. Yes, Francis, keep your chin up. You could use a little courage now, couldn't you? There's a chance he won't look behind the counter, just a bare chance. But if he does, there you are in a stalled automobile 20 miles from nowhere and not a car in sight. But wait a minute. Around the curve, a car. Hurry, Francis, you've got to stop it. Wait! It's my uncle. Something wrong? Yeah, yeah, he's hurt. Quick, I've got to get a doctor. Well, you're a mighty lucky young lady. I happen to be a doctor myself. Where is he? Oh, no, 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 it's bad. It's, it's horrible. I don't want you uh, to... You see... just let me decide that. Uh, here, I got my case. You take me to him. He... He's in the lunchroom. I, I'd better wait here. Yes, yes, I understand. You just relax now, and I'll take a look. It might not be as bad as you think. Just wait there in my car. <laughs> like that, Francis. Do something. The car, his car. That's right. Hurry up. Faster. Faster. Sixty. Seventy. Keep your eye on the center line, wavering like a snake between the wheels. Twelve miles now between you and the camp. Five miles to Sawalo. Seventy-five. Eighty. Almost lost it on that turn. The accelerator's down to the floor. Faster. You can move. Open your eyes and crawl out of the car. You're okay. I'm okay. Better get off the road. Yeah. Take off cross country. 
I'd be watching. Watching the road. Cross country. down. Goodness sakes alive, a body can't hear himself think around here. Oh, oh, sorry, Matty. I don't know why in the world you keep that thing banging away night and day. Well, it's the dead blasted tubes. It gets louder and softer all of a sudden. A fella from Sarawa coming up to fix her. Well, I ain't seen him. I should be here this afternoon. Think I'll go out and take a look around. Jake Watson, you stay right in that chair. You've been a mighty sick man. Hey, Matty, Matty, look. What? They're coming up the walk. Well, where could she have come from? Hey, she's sick. She almost fell. Well, Dad, blast it, do something. Well, you stay right there. What's the matter, honey? I, I don't know. Oh, there now. Just take hold of my arm. Thanks. Ma, you look all tuckered out. Come in. Thanks. Now, don't talk. We'll just get you out of this hot sun. Uh. Wouldn't surprise me none to find you was a mite sunstruck. No hat and all. Land sakes, whatever you doing walking around out here? Now, hush yourself, Jay. Can't you see the poor thing can't hardly walk? Let alone listening to you jabber. Now, there, now, you sit down there, and I'll get you a nice, cool drink of milk. <clears throat> you been walking far, miss? Yeah. Any particular reason? Yeah. I cracked up my car. Any more questions? No, no, I just thought it a mite peculiar you picked this time of day to go walking. I'm sorry. Now, Jake, suppose you quit jabbering and let the poor girl rest a spell. She's about done in. Yeah, she's been in an accident. Car went off the road. Well, I declare. Ain't hurt none, are you? No. Just tired. Well, here, you just lean back and take a good drink of milk. You'll feel better in a jiffy. Oh, there go them tubes again. Oh, turn it off, Jake. Yeah, Attention, please. Be on the lookout for a young woman in blue slacks and a yellow jacket, probably driving a Buick sedan, license number 8X43H7, about 5 feet 4 inches tall, blonde hair, name Francis Block. Wanted in connection with the murder of Peter Crawford this morning at Duncan Wells. Repeat. Hey, hey, that's you. Get out of my way. Oh, look out, Jake. She might have a gun. Hey, wait a minute, young lady. Let go of me. Hey, Maddie. Maddie. She, she's gone. Oh, here. Here, let me help you off. Her? No. That's what we get for being good Christians. Hey, turn the radio off. Huh. A murderess. I knew there was something slick about that girl. That's all right. She won't get fur in this heat. Not in the desert. It's hot, unbearably hot, 110 in the shade. You can't keep going much longer, Francis. Feet swollen and blistered, bruises that ache with every step you take. Three in the afternoon... You've been walking two hours since you left the farmhouse. One hundred and twenty blazing minutes. Your head is full of sun. The flat horizon wavers. Dust in your nose and throat. You've got to have water. Water from the clear, sparkling fountain in the square of Wilkins Corners, the little town ahead. You've got to take a chance. Maybe they haven't heard about you here in Wilkins Corners, Francis. Maybe they don't listen to their radios. Look at that sign down the street. Coffee, hamburgers. Take a chance. 
You may not get another one for a long time. Morning, miss. Uh, like something to eat. Well, it's come to the right place. Hamburgers, hot dogs, barbecues, whole wheat, white, rye, apple, peach, boysenberry, cherry, and lemon meringue, coffee, milk, and coke. Hamburger and white coffee. Hamburger. Hamburger. <sighs> Mustard, ketchup, or tomato sauce. Ketchup. Mm. You're right up. Pre-war service now. <laughs> We've reconverted. Yeah, hi, Billy. What you doing down at Swirl? Oh, I'm mighty busy today. Barbecue and whole wheat and coffee. Special. Special. What you mean, busy? Why, well, I don't mean to tell me you ain't heard about the killing, huh? What killing? Well, sure. Found a man stabbed to death at Duncan Wells Tourist Camp. Yeah? Yeah, a guy who runs it named uh, Pete Crawford. No. Yeah, dead on a mackerel. And the killer got away, they say. Sheriff's got posse out. Well, I'll be... Hey, late. Did you hear that? What? I killed him over to Duncan's Wells this morning, Pete Crawford. Well, you don't say? Yeah. You a killer? Nope. You better watch out. Might be serving him a meal long about now. <laughs> <laughs> Stabbed, was he? Yeah, with a bread knife. Yeah. Doc Lawton was coming down from Cactus Garden. Uh, he claims he talked with the killer. Well, why'd he nail him? Oh, you know Doc, but scared of his own shadow. That's too bad. Yeah, it is. They say old Pete Crawford didn't have an enemy in the world. I mean, it's too bad Doc didn't do something. Oh. You know, the best time to nab a murderer is right after he's done his job. It surprised me none to see this thing end up as... Well, it's another one of Sheriff Bradshaw's famous unsolved mysteries. Well, I don't know. You know, murder's a funny thing. Ain't like going down to the feed store for a sack of barley. Takes planning, yeah. thinking. There's a thousand ways a killer can trip himself up. Yeah. Just one false step along the way and it's all over. Yeah, well, maybe so. You know, I'd like to see that killer right now. <laughs> Probably pacing the floor somewhere, wondering if there was a slip-up. Now, I wouldn't want to be in old Doc Lawton's shoes, yeah. being the only witness. <laughs> Bet you the old boy's looking six ways before he leaves his house. There you are, George. One hamburger. Yeah. Oh, there you are, miss. Hamburger on white, and I'll go get your... Co- hey. Well, what's the matter? How do you suppose she went? You forgot your hunger in a hurry, didn't you, Francis? A half minute more in that restaurant and it would have been all over. You're tired, worn out, but you can still think. A thousand ways you can trip up, make a false step, that's what he said. But you'll show them, won't you, Francis? First, get out of town and keep off the highways. Remember the sheriff's posse. The railroad, that's it. All the freight trains have to stop at that water tower a half mile out of town. Cross country again. Through the brush, under that blazing sun, keep away from the roads. And finally, the cool shade of the water tower with the drops splashing into a puddle there in the shade. You sit down and rest. Let your eyes close. Then... Someone's coming. Look, there's a piece of iron pipe in the corner. Remember where it is. Hello, beautiful. Hell. Thought you'd be here. You almost gave me the slip back there. What do you want? Gave you quite a run, didn't they? Anyway, mind if I sit down? I got some talking to do. Mm. Yeah, it's better. Nice and cool here. You know, maybe I'm a sucker, but I still think you're pretty nice. Beautiful, but dumb. 
Do you think you could get away with it? I don't know. I'm so tired. Yeah, I know you're tired, baby. Probably a little loony with the heat, too. No one in his right mind would have done what Shut you... Shut up! You don't have to rub it in. Now listen to me. I can help you, see. I'm the only one that can help you get out of this. And we've got a chance to let you play ball, understand? Help me. You! <laughs> Ow! Sorry, baby. Maybe you'll listen to me. All right, Al. I'll listen to you. There's a way out of this. It's a short chance, but you'll have to take it. Wait a minute. Here comes the train. Get back there. It's afraid it'll have to stop. Let me take a look. The pipe. If I can... No. I can't tell yet. Wait a minute. Yep, yep, it's afraid I'll... So you were going to help me, were you? You didn't fool me. That's one mistake I didn't make. Yes, Francis, you were careful. You could see through his offer to help, couldn't you? Now, no slips, Francis, no false steps. The train is stopped for water. You hide, trembling behind the shack at the water tower. Then as the train starts up, you grab the rung of the ladder on a passing car, up the side. Now across the top and down the side before anyone sees you. But wait. There's a guard on top moving toward you. Down the tops of the cars. Don't look back. Watch where you're going. No false steps, Francis. No false steps now. No false steps, Francis. That's what the man said. And you are going to be so careful. But then how could you tell what kind of a false step it might be? And now it's all over, and everyone knows the answer to the killing of your stepfather. Well, it's all cleaned up now. Found the murderer dead right there between the railroad tracks. Terrible thing, terrible. Of course, without the doctor's testimony, they might never have known how it happened. The doctor? Sure, sure, according to the radio. Doctor says he went into the lunchroom and found that fellow leaning over Pete Crawford with a knife in his hand. Boy, the doc practically witnessed the murder. Then the girl didn't do it. Oh, I knew she was innocent, the poor little thing. Yep, yeah, she was innocent, all right. They figured the murderer was going to try to shut her up, too. That's why she had to defend herself with that piece of light lead pipe there. <laughs> Doggone it, he was already wanted in New Orleans for killing ten days ago. Terrible thing, terrible. Only one thing I can't figure. What's that? Well, after she got the murderer like she did, what do you suppose she was running away from? The Whistler will bring you another strange tale. The Whistler is broadcast for your entertainment by the marketers of Signal Gasoline and Motor Oil and fine quality automotive accessories and by your neighborhood Signal dealer. 
This program directed by George W. Allen, with tonight's story by Eleanor Beeson, music by Wilbur Hatch, is transmitted to our troops overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. This is Marvin Miller speaking, and suggesting that you let every traffic signal remind you that you do go farther with signal gasoline. Yes, you do go farther with signal. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's The Whistler with Highway of Escape, starring Lorene Tuttle, who did a ton of radio. She was actually Effie Perrine on The Adventures of Sam Spade, and she was just in so many radio. She was on The Great Gildersleeve, a very, very uh, proficient actor, and uh, she just did tons and tons of these classic radio shows. That's The Whistler, July 9, 1945. Marvin Miller, who later would star in The Millionaire on television, is the announcer on that, sponsored by Signal Oil, is heard on CBS. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Well, Lisa, we'll be right back here next week with uh, six more classic radio shows, if you'll let me, if that's okay with you. I will absolutely be here with you. All right, thank you. We're going to tune in to your uncle, Nero Nero Wolf, uh, the new adventures of Nero Wolf, Sidney Greenstreet on that. We'll hear the adventures of Maisie with Ann Southern, who I interviewed on the radio, and she could not have been more delightful when I interviewed her. She was so great. And then Dr. Christian, and we'll hear Escape, The Red Skelton Show, and Suspense. That's our lineup for next week here on Hollywood 360. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, executive producer Mike Costella, Vince and Chris Lombardi, my crabby brother Vince Amari, Adam West, and me, Carl Amari. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time. To learn more about Hollywood 360 or to contact us, visit our website at hollywood360radio.com. Adam West speaking.